Wonderful to see you here this morning and thank you to Anne Lee and to Reuben for uh, leading us in worship. It's great to have the live team here again. And uh, yet with further restrictions, we're only allowed to have five people here, so we found ways to get a, to work together. And so, uh, wonderful. Thank you very much, Reuben and Anne Lee, too. And uh, we're trying new things, so be in touch week by week. We'll be trying, uh, got a few ideas coming up, so we look forward to that, too. And uh, before I get into the message this morning, I wanted to share a couple of things that I didn't have a chance to put into the, the announcements. Firstly, a big shout out, uh, shout out to Betty Milne, who turns 96, that's right, 96 years of age today. And so, happy birthday, Betty. Uh, we want to uh, wish you a happy birthday in this season. And I would encourage everyone else, send out a message, uh, contact her just to wish her a happy birthday uh, in the midst of this season. Also, something else to celebrate. Both uh, Rachel and Hussein and little Ava have a new family member, that's right, born on Monday the 12th of July. It was Elsa Majan Hashimi. I hope I got the name right there. Um, but she was born this week, so a huge shout out and uh, congratulations to Rachel Hussein and also to, to Ava in this time. And um, our love goes with you as well. We're thinking and praying for you. Uh, we know the the wonder of a newborn and also the, <laughs> the struggles in that. So our, our thoughts go with you and we're praying for you guys in the midst of that. With that, I'd like to continue now with our, our, our new series. We'll be starting a new series uh, t- today and I'd like to pray before we get into that. Let me pray. Father, now as we come and as we open your word, we, we thank you that it is alive. It is a living word. We thank you that your Holy Spirit uses it to speak to us and to shape us. Lord, you take old truths and you make them new and you reveal new things that we've never seen before. And so right now we ask that wherever we may be, that your Holy Spirit will just be speaking into our lives. And Lord, give us attentive ears. Give us an openness to receive and to hear from you this morning. And we pray all of these things in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody says to their screens, Amen. Amen. Mate, what, what crazy times. I'm still pinching myself as I wake up in the morning um, and being reminded that we are in restrictions. I still come here week by week, finding it strange staring down the barrel of a camera and imagining you all sitting in your lounge rooms and, and looking at a screen, looking into our eyes, I guess, through that media. It is still a surreal experience in this season. Each day continues to bring new change, new updates. I don't think I've ever checked the news so regularly because minute by minute, hour by hour, we're hearing you know, new changes, new, new challenges, new frustrations. These are times I need to admit, admit that all I can do is fall to my knees and call out to God for strength and for courage which convinced me, like in the midst of all of this, day by day, at the start of the day, the end of the day, often in the middle of the day, when it seems too much, I often find myself falling to my knees and just seeking God's help, and which convinced me that more than ever this is a time to be coming to our God in prayer. So I thought what a wonderful time to pause and to reflect on the need to pray in our lives. 
Martin Luther said these words, If I should neglect prayer but a single day, I should lose a great deal of the fire of faith. And then he says again, To be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. No more possible to be alive without breathing. And I say a big amen to that. Because in this time, I must admit that my life and my strength is coming from the times I spend in prayer. But I often find myself falling to my knees with so much to contemplate and to discern that I don't even know where to start. And I'm sure you may find that too. In the midst of this, it seems so big with many of the issues that are also uh, on our news. These issues seem so huge and we, we come to our knees and pray, but it's even hard, it's even difficult to know where to start, where to begin. I would say it's a common experience to struggle in prayer. As I speak with other believers, those who have been a Christian for a few days or those who have been Christians for decades, it seems that this is a similar struggle. It seems that although the desire is there, we seem to struggle at different times in our journey with prayer. But for all its struggles, it is our lifeblood as believers in Jesus Christ. And so let us not give up. In this season, especially more than ever, let's find our spiritual life, our spiritual strength on our knees. And so this series we'll be looking at over this term is focused on the Lord's Prayer. And it's titled, Lord, Teach Us to Pray. And week by week we'll come and look at the words that Jesus shared. He will be our teacher. I'd also like to encourage you again, some small groups are are going to be discussing the themes that will be brought up here each week. And I'm starting an online small group, if you're not a part of one already, and we'll be reflecting on, reflecting on these themes and talking them through and praying for each other. And also each week there'll be a different exercise, a different way to pray. A practical way. It's a very interactive, so I encourage you to, to get on board. You can sign up online uh, for that. But that's just another great way to not just take this in, I guess, in here, but to wrestle with it a little bit more. You see, my, my hope for this is that you will be able to grow in your prayer life, in your relationship with God in the midst of this time. And so today, the theme, is, the theme sorry, is pretty simple. Why pray? First, why do we pray? Because we long to be heard. If we go right back to the early pages of Scripture in Genesis chapter 3, verse 8, there's this beautiful image of God living with mankind, with humankind. God creates all the world and then he creates man and a woman and there's this beautiful picture of this, uh, this life that they live with God in this, this perfect place before sin has even entered the world. Both man and woman together walk with God and in Genesis 3.8, I love this verse, it says, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. We see this image of them, they're walking with him. They had this relationship, they were able to walk with him. And then in their sin, in their distrust, the thing 
that breaks is as, the, as God is walking, they hide from God. As sin comes into the picture, this very thing they were created for, to walk with their maker, is marred. They run from him, ashamed. Their relationship is, is broken with him. But from the very beginning, you and I were created to walk with God, to communicate with him. And so we all have this, this inner longing and this desire to be heard. It's interesting when you travel the world, and I'm not sure if you've had the opportunity to travel or if you've seen the world uh, from documentaries, but I've had the privilege to visit some quite unique and interesting places, a number of invita- invitations to come and do short-term mission trips and to take some teams. And all over the world I've been amazed by how people are just drawn to that very inner desire to pray. In Sri Lanka, in the roundabouts on the main roads, there were the idols, Hindu idols set out to different gods and you'd drive roundabout after roundabout or even on intersections and there would be these, these idols that are there and people would come and they would bring, they'd bring offerings to them. In Vladivostok, the, the Orthodox cathedrals that we visited were absolutely fascinating and then one in particular that comes to mind was this tiny little remote a church, Orthodox church in the middle of the woods built out of, out of logs. A complete contrast to some of the, the enormous cathedrals in some of the great cities. This tiny little chapel and people would come from the towns to this place to pray. And then going to Kazakhstan, we see many different mosques and many different roadside offerings as we drove through there. And then more recently when we went to visit the Medinas as they serve in Thailand, we went and visited these enormous temples that were built to worship and to bring offering. And of course, all of these people coming and bringing their prayers and, and I guess that they're having a deep and inner need to worship a God of some type, of some sort. People all over the world in every corner to the furthest reaches of the globe, people are crying out to a greater being. And it reveals a simple truth that in the depths of our soul we long for connection with God. It reappears in different times in our own lives, often in hardship and crisis, There was a a saying that evolved through uh, the wartime era that there are no atheists in foxholes. (laughs) There are no atheists in foxholes. Because when war comes and when crisis comes and when our life is threatened, we cry out to someone greater than ourselves. We often find ourselves also in extreme moments of celebration as Rachel and Hussain have welcomed in a new family member. I'm sure in the midst of that they would have cried out and said, thank you, Lord. And it's often at the birth of a, a child as you hold a newborn that you're just completely awestruck. And there's an urge to cry out to someone greater than ourselves. It's this inner need to just say thank you. 
This often also happens where there are times of awe, times of great gratitude, often times when we realise the vastness of our world. I wonder if you've ever sat and watched a sunrise or a sunset over the ocean in one of those settings where you feel like you're the only person there, it might be you and one other, and you look at the sun, you look at the ocean, and you feel small, and the world feels so great, and there's this inner desire to say thank you, to wonder who created such beauty and such a world. Often happens when you do the same and as you sit under the stars, as you look up at the skies, as you look up the, at the beauty and the vastness of the universe, and again you feel small and you wonder where it all came from and you cry out to one who is far greater than us. We have the unexplainable desire to reach out to a greater something that is hardwired into our being. It was what we were designed for. It is a part of our very DNA. It is a part of what it means to be human. We pray because we long to be heard. We also pray because Jesus prayed. And there's a jump here. Because we pray because we long to be heard and if you look around the world, many people pray to many different gods. As followers of Jesus Christ, we come and we pray to the one true God. And as believers in Christ, as, as followers of Jesus, He is our greatest example. As He came as a person, as a man, to reveal Himself and God to us, so we now know the name of the one true God. And we can come to Him and call Him by name can come and offer our prayers and communicate with him. And Jesus was our greatest example as he came and as he revealed God to us. He came and also showed us what it would mean to live a life for him. And so to be followers of Jesus means to be followers and imitators of, of Christ, of Jesus Christ, to love and to live like him. And it's interesting to look at his life. Because if there was anyone who didn't need to pray, it was Jesus. He was God himself. Maybe in your, if you think about your own prayer life, I know one of the obstacles to prayer is, but I'm, I'm so busy. I'll get around to it, but, but I'm just so busy. There are so many other things to do. And if there was anyone who could have used that excuse, it could have been Jesus Christ. But when he came, when he was on mission, he only had three years to get his task done. Three years to raise up some disciples and train them and teach them and then to leave them and to give them this, the, the Holy Spirit. He had three years to train them and to shape them to change the world. And in that time he was healing the sick, he was preaching, casting out demons and yet what we find is that Jesus in the midst of his busy life in the midst of all of this, lived a lifestyle of prayer. It was the very place he found the source of his strength, strength for his, this season. In Mark 1.35, we see that very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house 
He went off to a solitary place where he prayed. And this is a pattern we see. I'd like to share a couple uh, of, of these examples of how Jesus lived this lifestyle. Before Jesus started his ministry, roughly 30 years of age, Jesus is baptised and then he is compelled to go out into the wilderness, we see in Mark 1.12. He goes out into the wilderness and he fasts for more than a month. He's tempted by the evil one in this place, but he fasts and he prays in this time. And then before choosing his disciples, we read in Luke chapter 6 verse 12 that Jesus went up on the mountain to pray and he prayed to God all night. All night Jesus went out and he prayed, he came before God and the next morning he would go out and he would discern and choose his disciples. And then we see when Jesus heard the devastating news that his cousin John had been executed. John who came and announced the way for Jesus Christ. As Jesus hears this news, this this horrible news. And can I, I'll admit this, as I was preparing this week, this struck me more than ever that this was Jesus' cousin. This, this was someone he grew up with. Someone he knew. Maybe he was as close as a friend. He's executed. And Jesus goes out. We read in Matthew chapter 14, 13, that as soon as he heard the news, He left in a boat to a remote area to be alone. And then it it doesn't finish. It says he, he leaves to go to that place to be alone, but people wouldn't leave him alone. We read that he's not able to escape the crowds. They track him down even as he goes to mourn. People come And Jesus has compassion on them. In the midst of his own grief, he's able to look at those around him and have compassion on them. And that's the beginning of the famous story as as Jesus feeds the 5,000 people. And finally, after that long day, finally after the long day, we read that after sending them home, he went into the hills by himself to pray. Finally, what he set out, to do in that morning. By the end of that long day, he is able to get back to the hills to do what? To pray. And then when Jesus was facing death in the Garden of Gethsemane, he went with his disciples to pray. And we read in Luke chapter 22, 44, that he prayed more fervently and he was in such agony of spirit that his, that his sweat fell to the ground like drops of blood. In his agony, he cries out to God. He comes and he finds his strength in his Father. And it doesn't stop there, even during the horrific event of the crucifixion. Jesus prays for the crowds, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they do. And on the cross, he cries out to the one who had apparently forsaken him. And then after his death and after his resurrection when he comes back and he reveals himself to the disciples as he shows himself to be alive, he calls them to follow his example, to live their life modelled 
after his. Jesus lived and modelled a lifestyle of prayer. Which did this, it caused the disciples to continue to pray. The baton is passed. The example is set. And after Jesus is taken into the heavens, Jesus instructs them to go and to wait because the Holy Spirit would come was the promise. And we read in Acts 1.14 that these early disciples, after Jesus had left, they all met together and were constantly united in prayer. Along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, several other women and the brothers of Jesus. Here are the followers of Jesus Christ. The church in its earliest days and they were united in prayer. And from here many of the great and inspiring stories of the early Christians, of the early disciples, centre around prayer. The Holy Spirit descends upon the early church and the early believers when they and while they are in prayer. Peter went up to the rooftop to pray in the city of Joppa where he receives a shocking vision of non-kosher animals. Remember, he's a Jew and he's presented a vision of all these foods he's been taught from his youth not to eat, not to touch. But he's presented this vision of all of this food on a platter for his feast. A vision that was sharing with him and spreading the news that the gospel now is not only for the Jewish people, not only for the Jewish huddle, but a gospel that would reach into the far ends, to the far ends of the Gentile world. This occurred as Peter was in prayer. And then Paul's letters are full of prayers for, these, for the early Christians. They're full of encouragements to pray and are actually in and of themselves prayers for the church. Pray because Jesus prayed. We pray because the disciples prayed and they found their power, their strength. God worked through them in mighty ways. Often because they started in prayer. I find that such an encouragement because I know in my own life there are times when I wonder, Lord, I long to see you work. I long to see you work in, in greater ways and we often think like that and so we get busy. But this reminds me once again that if we want to see God at work in our lives and in those around us, it begins by stopping and by coming to our Heavenly Father, coming on our knees and coming to Him in prayer. And lastly for our time here this morning. Why pray? Because the invitation beckons. Prayer is not a ritual and in so many places in the world where people do not know the name of Jesus yet still possess this desire to pray, prayer has simply become a ritual. A way to earn favour with the gods or a way to get his attention. Prayer is not a ritual. Prayer is a wonderful privilege, a 
wonderful privilege, a, a relationship with God himself, a wonderful privilege to call out to the maker of the universe. And we are invited, we are invited to come to God in prayer. Annalise said that before, stole my thunder. <laughs> We're invited each and every day to come. There's, there's no limit. God's available at any time for us to come to him in prayer. And Jesus invites us in Matthew 11, verse 28. Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. So this morning, Jesus invites you to come to him. Come to him with, with, with your burdens, with your troubles, with your anxieties, with your fears, with your uncertainties, with the, with the heaviness of this season and, and what it brings. This morning, come to Jesus. Come to him and to find rest in him. Don't strive to do more. Pause. Come and find strength for your soul, for your inner being, the inmost being. Come to Jesus and find rest. Jesus invites us to come. And Paul encourages us in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17, to come and to bring our everyday requests. So the invitation is not only to come and to find rest, but to come and, and bring your worries with you. You don't have to leave them at the door. You can bring them. You don't have to ignore them. No, you, you come with them. And as you find rest, you can unload. You can, you can share your burdens with Jesus. His, his shoulders are broad. The invitation is to come with our every concern, no matter how small, no matter how large. Come and bring your concerns to Jesus. Our God cares about our everyday needs. And so what are your needs today? What are your needs in this season? The maker of the universe is not too large, not too great to pause with you a while and to hear your concerns and to pour his love over you, to give you rest for your soul. His invitation is come, bring your burdens, bring your cares to me right now. Take them off you and I'll give you peace. So what is it in the midst of this season? Is it work? Bring it to Jesus. Is it worry? Bring it to Jesus. Is it something that you can't even name? Is it sort of a heaviness or an angst or a burden you can't even give words to? That's okay. He knows that too. Come and just bring it to him. In this season, I hope that you may come and bring your concerns to him. We can come in confidence. Annalise shared from Hebrews, sort of the, 
parallel passage to the one I'm about to read. We're invited to come and we can come in confidence. 1 John 5, 13-15 also shares, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. This is the confidence we can have in approaching Him. So we don't come to God with our, our, our tail between our legs in a sense. We can come boldly and, and in confidence knowing that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. That's the promise. He hears us. It's a little like going to a, a really formal event. And I don't know why, this probably tends to happen more in the movies, more in Jane Bond movies than in real life, but you've been invited to this event and you have a ticket that you need to bring and present at the door and of course what happens in the movies, the, the person forgets the ticket. You know, or they have to mock one up. They, they forget it. Oh no, where did I put it? Where did I put it? And they're not allowed in. Have you seen that type of scenario? I mean, in real life, people know you, there's a list, but hey, they do it in the movies, yeah? They turn up and they forgot their invitation. Maybe in our, in our life, it's more like going to see a movie. You go out and see a movie, you go out. I say that so flippantly at the moment. When we once were allowed to go out, you would go and you would purchase a ticket and then you would get, go up the stairs, you'd go down a corridor to where that actual cinema would be and you would present your movie ticket or your pass to the person standing there and you would go on in. And, and because you hold that ticket, you can go with confidence. I'm not sure if you've ever had one of those occasions when you, you turn up and uh, you, you thought you had it in your pocket and the person asks for the ticket and you go like this and you... you and you're looking for the ticket, what happens to your confidence? It's, it just disappears. And in this sense, the invitation that Jesus gives is the invitation. It's the past. Jesus says, I have done everything. I have paid the price. I have done all that is needed for you to come to me with confidence. So don't come sheepishly. Come boldly. Come with confidence, knowing that he longs to hear us. He longs to hear the needs and the concerns of our heart. He longs to sit with us and to bring peace, to speak into our lives, to flood us with his presence. So in the midst of all of this, the question we have been asking is, but why pray? I'll put it to you that I think that the question should be, why not pray? For all that we have and all of the privilege that we have, why not? In the midst of this season and this, this time, I'd like to encourage you to come to your knees. When you feel overwhelmed, Pray. Don't know what to do with the situation, pray. When you think you know what to do, pause and pray for wisdom and guidance. Pray. So I say this, and even as I speak, even as I've prepared uh, and have been preparing this week, I've been encouraged to pray and pray more, to come to God quicker, to seek His presence sooner. But even then, I have fallen to my knees and still struggled 
So as you go, I would like to say this. For all the goodwill that you have, you will still struggle in some way, shape or form, but you are in good company. Even the disciples who went out with Jesus as they were praying in the, the Garden of Gethsemane went and they prayed and they fell asleep and Jesus came He woke them up and said, continue to pray, and they fell asleep again. Three times they fall asleep. They continued to struggle. So you're in good company. But don't let the struggle stop you from praying. Don't let the struggle mean that you take this idea and you just push it to a side because it's too hard. No, I would encourage you to ask like the disciple asked in Luke 11. As they saw Jesus praying in one particular time, they came to him when he had finished and they said, Lord, teach us to pray. I love that question. Lord, teach us to pray. We we want to be able to pray like you. We want to grow in prayer. And so I hope and pray that that may be your question in this season. Jesus, can you teach me to pray? Teach me to to grow in this, although I struggle. Can you grow this in me? And Jesus, in all his humility, goes on and he teaches them to pray. And he will be our teacher in this season as we will focus on his words. My hope is that you will seek Jesus and allow him to teach you in this time. So now as you go, I'd like to leave you with this illustration and it's one that I love. It's an illustration that feeds into a question and this morning I would like to encourage you to take this question and after we've finished here and turn to the people around you and and share and answer this honestly. And our small groups this week who will be focusing this journey and the one that we'll be host, I'll be hosting this Wednesday will be looking at this too and sharing this. But hear this story first. So it's been said that early African converts to Christianity were earnest and regular in private devotions. And each one reportedly had a separate spot in the thicket where he would pour out his heart to God. Over time these places and these paths became well worn. As a result, if one of these believers began to neglect prayer, it was soon apparent to the others and so they would kindly remind the negligent one, brother, sister, the grass grows on your path. Fascinating. The grass grows on your path. And so this is the question. How goes your path? How goes your journey? And this isn't a time to say, yes, it's, yeah, I'm I'm so great. This isn't a, a time to share this with people to build yourself up. This is just a time to be honest. And maybe you're in a place and your path is well worn. Be honest with that. Share that. Maybe your path is starting to grow some weeds. Be honest with that. Just be real. Or maybe you haven't even started to forge your own path. Maybe prayer is new and your path will be brand new. You'll need a bit of a, you'll need a big knife to, to start hacking your own way as you start your own journey. Maybe it might feel unknown and uncertain. That's okay. 
Where, is, where are you on this journey? How goes your path? Let me pray. Father, we thank you that even now we can come to you in prayer. And Lord, this isn't just a thing that we do now to end the service. This isn't a thing we do just to conclude our time together. Lord, right now, we acknowledge again the privilege it is to call out to you, that you are present with us, that you hear our prayer. And so wherever, wherever we find ourselves right now, we just thank you that we can come to you talk to you in this way. We can just give you thanks. And we thank you that you have created us and designed us to walk with you. Father, we pray in the midst of this season that we can be inspired, reminded once again of the amazing privilege that we have to come to you constantly in prayer. So in this place right now, Pray that your peace and your very real presence will be known to us and that as we go today, tomorrow, Father, we will continue to be reminded that you are always with us and that at any time, any place, we can call out to you. I pray and ask in this time right now, Father, for an extra measure of your peace that comes by your Holy Spirit, for every person listening, for every person hearing, Pray that your Holy Spirit may just go and bring your peace, your very real presence right now. Right now. We thank you that you are with us. Lord, we pray also, teach us to pray. Not for routine's sake, not for ritual's sake so that we may grow in our relationship with you. We may come to know you more. And that we may just simply enjoy your presence. So we give you praise. We give you thanks. And we pray in the mighty name of Jesus and all of God's people say, Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us this morning. We're going to finish here. But as you go, I encourage you, turn to those around you. If you're on your own, come join the foyer. That will, we'll be kicking that off shortly. Come, share, talk with someone. Share about your own journey with prayer. And how goes your path? God bless.